And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we thank you for being part of today's program as well with Lamb Lion Ministries. And again, for those of you following us live on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family as we have an exciting program prepared for you today that we have titled A Prophet's Lament. So get your Bibles ready to be able to study God's Word with us. But before we do so, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your great love for us. We thank you, Lord, for your protection. And uh, Lord, uh, we just pray that you'll bless this conversation for your name's honor and glory. Uh, thank you for all those who are tuned in. Lord, may we grow in our relationship with you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tuned into a truth to set you free Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, the title for our message is A Prophet's Lament. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program as we have an exciting program prepared for you today. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to be back with you. As always, brother, as always. And uh, uh, folks, uh, I am off location uh, here in Texas. We had a nice storm. And so I am not at my usual studio with my usual mic. So if I sound a little muffled or we have a little feedback, uh, Vic and I apologize ahead of time. But uh, we want to keep on recording these and hopefully all this ice will melt and we'll be released from our uh, imprisonment. And I'll be back in the office with a better mic in our next few programs. Well, Nate, and uh, and of course, you and I are the opposite, of course. I'm in Florida and I'm actually warm over here <laughs> while you're in an igloo in Texas. Ah, oh, you lucky dog, you. What's wrong with this picture? It should be the it should be the opposite. You should send some cool weather down our way. No way, man. I don't want all those oranges and grapefruit to go bad. <laughs> That's true. Talking about things going bad, Nathan, the world around us always has uh, things going backwards, but you and I try to move things forward in a positive end with what the wonderful things that God is doing. And some of those things is through the Lamb Lion ministry. But for someone who's new, Nathan, would you be able to share with them a little bit about the ministry, what we do, and how they can get a hold of the resources? Absolutely. Well, Vic and I are both evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, folks know our ministry mostly from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which has been airing since 2002. It was founded by uh, Dr. David Reagan, and now Tim Moore and myself are the hosts of that program. And uh, you're, of course, connecting with us here on The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. But Vic and I invite you to download our Lamb Lion app or go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org. There we have a wealth of Bible prophecy-related articles and videos, social media and e-newsletters and downloadable magazines, all free. So you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So uh, if you don't know Lamb and Lion Ministries, check us out at ChristInProphecy.org. Mm, thank you so much, Nate. And Nathan, talking about resources, you and I have the opportunity to check out this wonderful movie that just came out. That was a remake from a Tim LaHaye's movie. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, folks, you probably know that the 
latest Left Behind movie came out with uh, actor and director Kevin Sorbo. It's a modern reimagining of Tim LaHaye's and Jerry B. Jenkins' book series from the 1990s. It's about the first book, the first of the Left Behind books, uh, the aftermath just after the rapture of the church. And, you know, Vic and I were blessed to be able to get a rough cut version of it and uh, see it. And they took our feedback and uh, looks like they made a lot of improvements to the rough cut. I think that, I don't know if you agree, Vic, but the final final uh, video, the final movie really was impacting. I think there was four gospel presentations in it. It was very true to LaHaye and Jenkins' book, wouldn't you say? Nathan, absolutely. Uh, at first, when you and I were looking over the, the the first draft, we were like, okay, well, but I think you gave him some feedback and it, it looks like they were, uh, they took that to heart. And at the end, it was a very good product uh, production. I went with my wife and a few other individuals from our ministry that uh, finished our Basics of Bible Prophecy course, and they were very excited. So yes, I would definitely recommend for others to check it out. Yeah, what was great is it did so well that they're extending the movie, uh, they're gonna re-air it again. So if folks missed it, uh, I believe too, they're also gonna be showing it on TBN. And of course, eventually it'll be released on DVD. So if you missed it the first time around, Vic and I highly recommend you check it out the next time around. Oh, absolutely. Nathan, I think one thing that people could do that was kind of cool, I love what you and the Lamb Lion team did, that you took a picture in front of the theater and you posted it to encourage others. Imagine if others that went to see it did the same thing, put a selfie up, right? That would be cool. Yeah, you know, and if it wasn't just the, basically the choir going to see it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of us who love the this message of Christ's return. We love Bible prophecy, and it's great we're going to it, but I think it's more important that unbelievers go see it uh, so that they can hear the gospel and so be saved. So, yeah, it's a great outreach opportunity. If you have unbelieving friends, please take them to go see the new Left Behind movie. Absolutely. That is fantastic. So, yeah, Nate, thank you for uh, sharing those resources for people. And another great resource that you and I have put together uh, is the book of Ezekiel. We have been traveling through the book of Ezekiel. We're making stops along the way, uh, looking at this amazing journey with this prophet that uh, has such a powerful message uh, to the children of Israel. And throughout this message, he has used different ways to communicate God's message to them, whether it's parables uh, in different forms, uh, sort of to get their attention. And in chapter 21, that's where you and I left off. There was an illustration there of a sword, a two-edged sword that was coming if the children of Israel, uh, the Jewish people, did not repent and turn to God. And it was talking about their captivity. So, Nathan, in case someone uh, maybe is new to the book of Ezekiel or some of the programs that we have done, you mind giving us a little recap there before we continue in chapter 21? Well, absolutely. Well, Vic and I have been going through Ezekiel chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Uh, Ezekiel was a prophet from about 2,600 years ago, so about 600 BC. It was a time where the Israelites, uh, particularly the nation of Judah, had rebelled so much against the Lord and become so evil that God said the only way that they're going to fix them of their idolatry is to send them in exile. And he would do that using the Babylonians, which we're going to read a little later in chapter 21. By now, the only thing left of the nation of Judah was Jerusalem. And the elders of Jerusalem called the prophet Ezekiel in, and they wanted to know from God why all this was happening. And God, in the last few chapters, said, uh, do I have to tell you? You guys are as evil as anything. You know, this is the only thing that's going to cure you of your idolatry and your evil. 
And so the Lord here in chapter 21 compares himself to a sword, which we read about Jesus with the two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. In other words, his word that he is going to level uh, Israel, level Jerusalem, and send them into exile for the purpose of bringing a believing remnant to himself again so he can restore them back into the land. So that's where we are in the Ezekiel's narrative so far. Absolutely, Nathan. And so we're going to pick it up in chapter 21. I'm going to look at chapter 20, 21, verses 8 through 11. Uh, Nathan, maybe you can take verses uh, 12 and 13 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, thus is the Lord. Say a sword, a sword sharpened, also polished, sharpened to make a dreadful slaughter, polished and flashed like lightning. Should we then make myrrh? It despite the scepter of my son as it does all wood, and he has given it to be polished that it may be handled. This sword is sharpened and it is polished to be given into the hand of the slayer. Pick it up in verse 12, cry and wail, son of man, for it will be against my people, against all the princes of Israel. Terrors, including the sword, will be against my people. Therefore, strike your thigh, because it is a testing. And what if the sword despises even the scepter? The scepter shall be no more, says the Lord God. Mm-hmm. Nathan, this is a you know a, a pretty powerful passage. Uh, you and I know the swords in the Bible. The the, the word sword is mentioned uh, throughout the Bible and is used um, as a weapon of war. Is used as a uh, uh, it will be almost like a military weapon of today. And we find throughout the Bible that God uh, uses a sword. And you and I made that illustration of Revelation chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 19, where Jesus Christ himself, the Bible, uh, depicts him as having a, a two-edged sword uh, coming out of his mouth. And, and here we're talking about judgment, correction that is coming. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, especially in verse 13, where it says the sword despises even the scepter. The scepter is that the Jewish people having self-rule, in other words, their kings being in charge of their own land. From this point going forward, once the Babylonians conquer uh, the people of uh, Jerusalem, Israel will no longer have authority to rule itself because after the Babylonians would come the Medo-Persians and after them the Greeks and after them the Romans and then the Jewish people would be dispersed throughout the land and different empires such as the Ottoman Empire and the British Empire would control the land of Israel. So Israel for thousands of years has not had a scepter, has not had the power over their own country until May of 1948. So that's another prophecy altogether about the restoration of Israel's control over the land. But at this point, uh, the Lord says, hey, you guys cannot follow me, so you're not going to be allowed to have self-rule anymore. Nathan, I love that. And also, as you as you pointed out, those two verses, verses 12 and 13 are very important because we, we notice verse 13, it says, because it is a testing. And you and I mentioned earlier, also according to the book of Hebrews, of those that God loves, he chastises, he corrects. So this is part of God's testing for them to uh, get them to repent, to turn around. And we notice that the heart behind it is in verse 12, cry and wail, son of man, uh, for it 
will be against my people. Oftentimes, Nathan, people miss out on the heart of the prophet. Here we have like this weeping prophet lamenting uh, because he has to bring this message to God's people of what's coming. And he's not really uh, happy about this, but if God is bringing about his testing and his correction. And you and I, Nathan, we did uh, uh, an interesting study that some people don't recognize, and it was through the book of Lamentations the prophetic book of Lamentations. And it just reminds me here, verse 12, where he says, cry and wail, son of man. It's almost a lament. Yeah, yeah well, Jeremiah was the prophet who wrote the book of Lamentations, as you know, and Jeremiah uh, was at the same time period. He saw Jerusalem fall. He was actually, some of the people were able to escape and they went to Egypt and they took Jeremiah by force with them. And so he's called the weeping prophet, for those who don't know, because he his prophecies were about the destruction of Jerusalem, just like Ezekiel is here at this point in his narrative. So they're contemporaries at the time, and they're both seeing God's people just hundreds of years of opportunities to turn back to the Lord. I mean, he sent prophets, he sent uh, blessings, he sent his own word, uh, he had the priests in the temple, and uh, he constantly tried to bring the people back to being their, his representative. They were supposed to be a holy people, and the world looked at the Jewish people and said, hey, there's something special about that, and it would attract them to God. But instead, they became corrupted by the evil countries, the Canaanites, and uh, eventually other the nations around them, and became so evil that even their nations around them were in horror against how bad the Israelites had become. So God says, hey, you're a terrible example of what you should be representing me, Therefore, you know, even though my name is with you, I'm going to have to exile you guys out of the land in order to create a remnant of believers who will then represent me when you come back to the land seven years later. And what we're reading is actually tied into Daniel, the book of Daniel, because the book of Daniel prophesied that the Jewish people would be exiled and uh, eventually regathered back. And then they, Isaiah 11 says a second time they would be gathered. And that's folks it's happening in our time period so we're living isaiah 11 so it's interesting how these prophecies tie into what's actually happening today nathan and you know and that is a, that is a very good point and and, and you actually mentioned uh, isaiah jeremiah and, and i'm reminded too of the heart behind it you know as we bring this news of what's coming to the world that we're living it now you and I, we come with a heart of compassion, uh, just like the prophets. You know, a lot of times they will come lamenting uh, almost with heavy heart that they're the ones that have to come and share this heavy message to the people. And you and I, that's how we come today. We don't. The Bible says that, that, that God doesn't take pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. Uh, and, and even today, God does not take pleasure in people going to hell because they reject Christ uh, because of, of the hideous crimes that they're that they're committing. But yet God has to punish uh, sin. And he does it oftentimes by sending different instruments as nations uh, to correct and to punish. And in, in, the, the, in Lamentation chapter one, Nathan, this is one uh, book that you and I covered. I'm reminded there, Lamentation chapter one, verses one through five, Jeremiah himself also, how he opened up with this lament uh, for God's people who again continue to turn their back on God. But in Lamentation Chapter one, verse one says, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow is she who was great among the nations. The princess among the provinces has become a slave. 
Verse two, she weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks among all her lovers. She has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. And Nathan, it goes on to say verse four and five here of Lamentation one, the roads to Zion mourn because no one comes to the set feast. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted and she is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master. Her enemies prosper for the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone into captivity before the enemy. And Nathan, here we see this repeating itself, right? With the prophet Ezekiel once again lamenting and bringing this heavy message. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they don't want to see their people destroyed. Uh, they live there. You know, Ezekiel's already been exiled. Well, we read that in the early chapters of Ezekiel. I guess he was allowed to come back to, so that he could speak to the elders. Uh, Jeremiah was treated terribly by Zedekiah and the other leaders of Jerusalem. They didn't want to hear his message. They thought since God was in the temple, then, hey, they were invincible. They would never be destroyed. And here they've got Ezekiel and Jeremiah both telling them, <laughs> yeah, God is going to de destroy Jerusalem temporarily because of their sins. And uh, it's a lesson that I think most people even today don't get. Wouldn't you say? I mean, how many people walk around thinking they're good enough and God will let them in the ha heaven if they do good deeds? Uh, you know, or even that America is blessed by God, so God will never let anything happen to America because his, you know, we are in God we trust. Well, you know, if, if you say as a nation in God we trust, but then promote abortion and homosexuality around the world who bring war all over the place and, and destroy economies and people's lives. And I mean, just this, it, the smut that comes out of Hollywood again and again, is God going to bless us because we say that we follow him when we don't? And, you know, it's the same with America as it is Israel and any nation that says that they are a Judeo-Christian nation. God will judge. He's no lover of any particular country or any particular person unless they put their their lives their trust their heart with him and represent him as christians then the lord loves and protects but no nation is protected uh, no national entity is protected just because they put in god we trust on a coin you know it, it doesn't work that way yeah, and Nathan, and, and this is very interesting. You look at so many flags of different nations around the world, and you find a lot of those flags have a cross in them, or they have different religious. But yet, people are so far away from their own national symbols, if you will. It's almost like it's a game now. It's like a little, it's like a little uh, good luck charm, putting their flags and in God we trust, rather than really putting their trust in the real uh, living God, if you will. And, and a sword is coming, sad to say. That is what the Bible predicts for the future. There will be a sword coming upon this world, upon the nations that have turned their back on God. And we believe it's going to be a, a sword, uh, uh, sad to say, coming on the United States of America, because we have really uh, just uh, are emulating all these heathen nations uh, that the Bible talked about. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right, Vic. It's the Bible prophesies in the end times that all the nations will come against Jerusalem uh, in Zechariah 12 and 14 and to then attempt to destroy 
uh, Israel and try to stop Jesus Christ from returning. So uh, America's downward spiral, tragically, is is unalterable. It, it's eventually a whole world system underneath a antichrist uh, in an attempt to destroy Jerusalem and thwart God's plan. And so the fact that Israel is back in the land again is an actually amazing thing because the Lord said that when Israel was a nation again, then we would know that his time to return is coming soon. So, brother, you and I live in a time period where we have seen we're in the era when Israel became a nation again. God brought them back and they, they rebuilt the temple and all in 520 or so uh, B.C. But then he scattered them again after the Romans destroyed him in 70 A.D. And then he brought them back a second time, just as Isaiah prophesied would happen. We're in that time period where Israel's returned. And the Lord says that when all the nations come against Israel and try to destroy her, that's when Jesus Christ returns. When the Jewish people confess their sins and cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when they recognize that Jesus is the Messiah that they spurn, the Lord says a third of them will be preserved. And when he returns to set up his kingdom, the believing Jewish people will be a priestly people during the millennial kingdom. So, brother, we're living in exciting times because... We can read what's happening in Ezekiel, and it's a foreshadowing of the uh, second disbursement and then re-engagement and re-establishment of Jerusalem back into a nation again. We know that we live in the time period that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Oh, Nathan, let me let me tell you, we're we're, we're living in such exciting times. Uh, we had a few of our students from our, Bi our Basics of Bible Prophecy take the course. And one of the things I shared with them was that we are a blessed generation of people who are living in Bible prophecy. In other words, we're not reading about it. We're living in it. And what an amazing privilege and excitement that is, because we know that literally there were people, prophets uh, of old, who wish they could see what we're living in, walking in the shoes of prophecy. And that, to me, is so exciting, Nathan. Oh, man, that's an excellent point. I mean, we are living in a time period that the prophets wish they understood. Isn't that really neat? I, I mean, there are terrible times. I can't say I enjoy seeing the depravity and evil around us. and But at the same time, it, it's a time where we know that Jesus is finally going to return. He's going to defeat evil. He's going to set up his kingdom. He's going to partially lift the curse. And he's going to have his kingdom on this earth for a thousand years, a time of peace and righteousness and justice. And all the evil and ills of this day will go away. So, uh, yeah, that's a promise uh, all us Christians are just longing for. The Bible calls it our blessed hope. Mm. And, and we want to speak to those of you that are, being, that are part of this program. Speaking of the blessed hope. That's what is in store for you if you turn to Christ while there is still time. The sword that Nathan and I are talking about, it's God's judgment for those that have turned their backs on him. But there's opportunity for you today to turn to Christ, and there is still a window of opportunity for you. Nathan, as we look quickly at these uh, few verses uh, in Ezekiel chapter 21, verses 14 through 17, uh, we see another amazing illustration that he puts forth there in terms of how he is to, to communicate this message to God's people. Would you be able to read verses 14 through 17, Nathan, there of Ezekiel 21 in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yeah, let's pick up verse 14. You, therefore, son of man, in other words, Ezekiel, prophesy and strike your hands together. The third time, let the sword do double damage. It is the sword that slays. The sword that slays the great men that enters their private chambers. I have set the point of the sword against all their gates, that the heart may melt and many may stumble. Ah, 
it is made bright, it is grass for solder, slaughter, swords at the ready, thrust right, set your blade, thrust left, wherever your edge is ordered, I also will beat my fist together, and I'll cause my fury to rest, I, the Lord, have spoken. Nathan, that's an amazing passage. The, the, when you see the emotion there, right? It's almost like an act, almost like a play. The way that he's he's putting all these words together. He's like getting their attention. Strike your palms together. Uh, a sword is coming. A sword is ready. It, it, it's almost like the, that a watchman on the wall calling out to the people, turn, repent, see what's coming. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's beautiful, actually, when you think about it. I mean, the Lord is, of course, a poet at heart, and it just seems that, you know, he's making such a dramatic display of this. He, it's a warning. That it, it's almost at the, the last minute. The, the Babylonians are outside the gates. They're going to come in and destroy Jerusalem, and there is nothing that people in Jerusalem can do about it. Because it's not just the Babylonians acting in their own power. It's not Nebuchadnezzar's idea. This is God using the Babylonians to punish the Jewish people, and we're, we'll read that shortly. So, and it, it's it's got a drama to it, doesn't it? The the fact that you see the sword fight happening, and you know that Jerusalem's going to lose, and the people in Jerusalem just can't understand why, and they're they they're asking Ezekiel, and uh, Ezekiel's message is not comforting to him. He says, "You guys are going into exile, and there's nothing you can do about because you're what you're really doing is you're fighting the Lord God." Mm. You know, that was the word I was looking for, dramatic. I'm so glad you pulled that word out. <laughs> uh, well, it is. It's a very dramatic scene. It's a, it's a, it's like a middle of a battle in a movie, a big sword fight. And, you know, it's, it's the Lord fighting against his own people because his people have betrayed him for generations after generations. And it's tough love. Nick. That's another word I'd use, tough love. This isn't about destroying the people. It's about humbling them. So they repent and return to him so they can have that right relationship. And brother, if, if the Lord is willing to do that with his own covenant people, what do you think he's going to do with the rest of the world? We should be terrified and humble ourselves before him. Nathan, you know, like the Bible says, judgment starts in the house of the Lord. And I pray that those of you that are a part of the program, again, this is a dramatic passage. It's one that should get your attention. It's almost like clapping your hands. I don't want to do it because we have a microphone in front of us and we don't want to. But, but that's literally what it is. It's like, you know, attention getter. Let's wake up. This is what's coming. And I think God might be speaking to some of you out here that don't have a relationship with him. God is, in a sense, calling out to you. Repent, turn. There's a sword coming. What are you waiting for? And we hope that you give God an opportunity. Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left of today's program, but will you be able to share with that person on the other side who's maybe contemplating a relationship with the Lord? Maybe God has gotten their attention. How they can start the relationship with the Lord even right now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are in the same situation as the Jewish people. For John 3.36 tells us, He who believes in the Son, Jesus Christ, has everlasting life. But he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now, today Vic and I taught you what the wrath of God is like. It's like a sword that comes to destroy. And we live life the same way. If we believe in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. The wrath of God is gone we become children of god but when we have not accepted christ and his salvation then the wrath of god still abides on us that sword is swinging at us 
And when we die, our destiny is hell. And God doesn't want you to die and go to hell. He wants you to know him as his Savior. He sent his own son, to perfect son, to die on the cross for our sins. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our sins could be forgiven and that wrath taken away. So if you're ready now and you feel the Holy Spirit moving on your heart, then in faith and repentance, reach out and pray, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. I am so sorry. Please forgive me of my sins. I want you to become the Lord and Savior of my life. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus will forgive your sins. The guilt will be washed away, and you'll inherit eternal life with him. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. Hey, and maybe you just prayed that prayer to receive the Lord. We'll love for you to reach out to us, 305-992-9537. Nathan and I love to hear from people. Text us. Check us out at ChristInProphecy.org. And, and uh, let us know you accepted the Lord. You made this amazing decision. We would love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And also want to encourage you, find a church, get plugged in, and let them know that you accepted Christ. Uh, again, we rejoice with you for the wonderful decision. So, Nathan, thank you so much for giving someone that opportunity out there to come to Christ. Well, the time is short. Now is the time of redemption. So, folks, please don't wait. You never know when you're going to die. Uh, we only have this life to make that decision. Amen. And again, we're at, we're out of time for this segment of the program, but we thank you for being part of the program. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries. Again, keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back very, very soon. Thank you for being part of today's program. And you guys have a blessed day.